Please pray with me. Everlasting God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations upon all of our hearts serve to glorify you. And may they be in keeping always with the teachings of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. As a writer, I like to think that my work has evolved somewhat over time. I mean, I used to produce some real grade A trash. My earliest sermons were nothing to write home about, and my ninth grade English teacher literally threw the first paper I ever wrote out the classroom window in disgust. I thought they only did that on TV. As a boy, I used to write uh, stories in a little notebook, mostly martial arts revenge fantasies about beating up the bullies at school. I wrote some fiction in college too, but it was hardly any better. In particular, I can recall a short story that I drafted about a man walking along a desert highway. The narrative follows this nameless protagonist who finds himself, without memory or knowledge, navigating this endless, empty stretch of road. He encounters a few other people along the way. An older man who teaches him how to survive in this place. A woman who he falls in love with. And a young child that he takes under his wing. Each of these characters walks alongside the man for a time before leaving to pursue their own ends. The old man eventually dies. The woman flees into the desert to find her own path, and the child takes the protagonist's place after he himself grows old and perishes. I'm sure you can see where this is all going. This story is a naked allegory for the journey of life stripped of any real character development or much of a plot, sprinkled with two-dimensional characters who embody things like old age and love and youth. I think it was called The Road, not to be confused with the well-regarded Cormac McCarthy novel of the same name, which is also the story of a nameless man walking along a road, obviously just a cheap knockoff of my own work. Now, at the time I wrote this story, I thought it was profound, you know, deep. But in reality, it was about as thought-provoking as that old Joe Cochran song, Life is a Highway. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. If you're going my way, I want to drive it all night long. A gimme, 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 yeah. Deep stuff. But you know, even though that story I wrote lacked any real depth and it was about as subtle as a kick in the head, it is fundamentally true. Life is a journey and we each pursue our own road. Sometimes we walk with others, sometimes we travel alone. And in the end, we must follow that road to its conclusion or more accurately, to our own. The prophet Isaiah in his proclamation about his people's return to Jerusalem also describes an allegorical road. A highway shall be there, he proclaims, and no traveler, not even fools, shall go astray, which is a great relief to me. 
While Isaiah is describing a specific reality in a political context, his words also carry broader meaning in relation to the journey of faith. It is a road, but one that God has laid out before us. And while the choices we make along the way will dictate our own unique experience, it ultimately leads to God. All roads lead to God. All roads in time lead us home. Now every year our eighth grade confirmation students allow us to walk alongside them for a time, offering us a glimpse into their inner lives and into their faith. And they each write a paper before they're confirmed, their quality always exceeding my own work at that age, their words telling the stories of their faith. And this year, the theme of the journey itself was a prevalent one, as well as the things that one experiences on that road. Their writings are filled with reflections on free will and love and doubts. And read collectively, they illustrate a highway from naivete to wisdom, though they each recognize that they still have a long ways to go. I believe that life is a path one young woman writes, where there are many splits and infinite possibilities. And there is a higher power that will guide you, but in the end, it's up to you. At the beginning of life, there are fewer forks in the road, but as you grow older, things get harder. Echoing that same belief in choice and free will, another student writes, God gives us the choice to make our own decisions, whether they are good or bad. I think that through the Bible, Jesus presents what the good choices are, but he does not force us to make those choices. So contrary to the allegory I wrote, life and faith are seldom a straight line, a linear track, but rather a tangled maze of forking paths and choices to be made, their difficulty and complexity increasing the further you go. When you're young, when you're really young, faith is pretty simple. It's easy to believe in things that you can't see when you're little. One young woman tells the story of being three years old, sitting at her dying grandmother's side. When my mom came looking for me, she'd found me down the hallway and in Nan's room, sitting at her bedside. I was holding her frail hand in mine, and I told her that everything was going to be okay. I told her not to be afraid. It's a story that this young woman's mother told her as she was too young to even remember it herself. But it illustrates the kind of powerful faith that we have when we're little, before doubt begins creeping in, before fear takes hold, and before things start getting more complicated. And they always do get more complicated, don't they? Whereas the three-year-old girl could experience her grandmother's illness with a kind of blind faith, that gets harder when you get a little older. Another student writes about the experience of watching his grandfather struggle with cancer this year. When I saw him two weeks ago, he writes, it made me hurt seeing the condition he is in. My grandpa is one of the most active people I know, and it was sad seeing him not being able to walk for too long. I tried to capture, I think, a little of that sorrow that comes with 
aging, that comes with illness, that comes with death. In the story that I wrote, when the character of the old man grows ill and dies, but I didn't flesh him out enough for it to inspire much feeling. That character was not a real person so much as an embodiment of old age and sage wisdom, a cardboard cutout of a man. His passing was meaningless. I hadn't really experienced that kind of loss in my own life yet, so I couldn't translate it to the page. It wouldn't be for another 10 years or so that I'd watch my own dad struggle with cancer and watch the toll that it took on him as the days passed. I can remember sitting with my brother on my dad's front porch one night, telling him that I didn't imagine it would be this hard. Experiences like these can bring on feelings of doubt and despair, and for some, distance from God. There would be some days where I felt really close with God, another student writes, and other times I'd feel doubtful and really distant. Even though I'm unsure of what I believe, I still pray every night, just in case God is listening. Fortunately, friends, the journey of faith is one that we don't make alone. Our students wrote a great deal about community and companionship and the fellow travelers and pilgrims that accompany us on the road. God calls us to be part of a community, one young man reflects, so that we can interact with others and help each other. Through membership in a faith community, another offers... We can help one another through our own faith journey, having someone else to talk to about our story helps us in our own journey and may help them with their journey as well. This is something we do together. One student reflects on friendship and the ways in which we find God in one another. I remember this one night at church camp, she begins her story. I think it was the last night we were there my three close girlfriends and I went outside. It was pitch black and chilly. We could only barely see each other because of a small light on in a nearby cabin. We had lots of built-up energy from the day, and I know this is going to sound weird, but we just spun in circles, just spinning in circles, listening to each other laugh and giggle until we fell down. It doesn't sound like a typical seeing God moment. She concludes, but for me, it was. What a beautiful illustration that is. What a beautiful metaphor of the companionship that we find in dark and cold places, the ways in which we see each other through. Of course, being in a relationship with other people is not always easy. Back in the, the story I'd written in college, this nameless man encounters a nameless woman on the road, and they walk together for a while, but things go south pretty quickly. They bicker and they argue, and before long, the woman abandons him and the road, running off into the sprawling desert. Now, I don't recall, but I think I must have come off of a breakup when I wrote that. Um, I, I guess I don't remember, but I know I was dumped many times in college, so the odds are, you know. I probably felt abandoned myself at the time. 
Some of our students also talk about the difficulty of being in relationship and loving the ones who hurt us. Even if someone does horrible things to me or others, one young woman explains, I can still love them as Jesus loved the Romans. I see these people who use scripture to send hate against others, and I know that I want to love everyone, even those who are divisive against me and the people I care about. Now, having said all that, she knows it takes work. To be a Christian, she writes, is to learn how to see others with lenses of love. And if that doesn't sum up the heart of Christianity, I don't know what does. The people around us are fellow travelers on the journey, but even when we find ourselves alone, even when the road seems empty, even when the echo of our own footsteps is the only sound, we know that God walks with us too, carrying us, dragging us along if necessary. It's taken me a while to truly realize what faith is to me, one student shares. But for me, faith is feeling the presence of God with you wherever you go. Another confirmation student wrestles with heady questions of science and religion in his paper, but he seems to realize that faith is more than an intellectual exercise, that it's less about knowing all of the answers and more about recognizing God's presence in your life. And after all of this, this wrangling about science and, and religion and creation and evolution uh, in which he, you know, goes on a bit of a tangent about, about all the wild animals, and if we hadn't evolved, you know, they, they, they would have eaten us all, probably. He goes on about all this, but in the end, he finally realizes, maybe I just want this to be true, he decides. The heavens, and knowing that someone is always with me. As a writer, I like to think that my work has evolved over time because I have evolved as a person. I hope that I can tell better stories these days after all these years, real stories with real people and real consequences instead of ham-fisted allegories that are a mile wide and an inch deep. Because real stories matter. One student reflects on biblical stories, talks about the truth beneath some of their exaggerated details. Just because the detail of this story is false, he writes, it doesn't take away from what it's trying to teach. Bigger stories have bigger impacts on audiences, and the best way to do that is often to exaggerate. Now, I know some of you think I exaggerate most of my stories up here, but in reality, they're just the stories of my life, the stories of my faith, and as one young man offers, as he considers his beliefs, you are you, not anyone else. Keep being yourself until you finish your story. As a Christian, I hope that my faith has evolved over time. Faith always does. Embarked on this journey, we cannot help but grow and change along the way. The road stretches on for each of us until at last the story is finished and we meet the author face to face. 
But until then, friends, remember that life is a highway. May you ride it all night long. Amen.